welcome to the Dr. Sex Fairy podcast. I am Dr. Kamal Bhava and I am here to transform your life. Today we are discussing polyamory. The Webster Dictionary defines polyamory as the state or practice of having more than one open romantic relationship at a time. Poly comes from the Greek word meaning many and amory from the Latin word for amor which means love. This differentiates polyamory from open relationships where partners may have sex with other people but don't necessarily love them. Polyamory involves loving relationships between more than two people and are basically ethical and consensual non-monogamy. The statistics may well surprise you. I read an article published in Newsweek magazine about polyamory. It mentioned a study published in Frontiers in Psychology that surveyed 3438 single adults in the US from various backgrounds. 1 in 6, 1 in 6 respondents wanted to be polyamorous. 1 in 9 have been polyamorous at some point in their lives, and about 1 in 15 said that they knew someone who either was or is polyamorous. Those are interesting numbers, aren't they? Of those who had been polyamorous, 30.4% said that they would try it again. Imagine that. And we all wonder about how the emotional side of it works. 21.1% said that they were too possessive to cope and 32.8% said that the emotional side of things was just too much for them. Anyway, you slice it. Polyamory is far more mainstream than you might have thought. I know. I see many polyamorous couples at my practice Bava Medical in Boca Raton. They come to me for better sex, penis enlargement, vaginal rejuvenation, better orgasms, you name it. Today I have in the studio a friend of mine who lives in South Florida and is in a committed gay polyamorous relationship with two other men. They share a home and many happy times. I invited him to the studio to help enlighten us on many of the questions that we all have about this lifestyle choice. Welcome to the Dr. Sex Fairy podcast, Roger. I'm so delighted to have you here today. Well, thank you, Dr. Baba, for having me here today. I'm very excited to talk about the topic we're about to talk. It is going to be a great conversation. I already know it. So, let's start with Roger's story. How did you end up polyamorous? Ah, picture this. South Florida, beautiful sunshine, 19 something. We won't say the year. And uh I was about I was 20 years old and I met these two men at a event and we ended up really connecting you know intimately as well and we just kind of like continued that 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 uh friendship and it evolved into a relationship and I was with these two men for two and a half years and they taught me a lot about myself and about love and relationships and and most importantly about polyamory and about how that love is is just so big and that why are should i just limit myself to just one partner how interesting did you live together we did i i you know i'm 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 the type of person that when i like something i grab it and i never let go and so i moved in i think it was like two weeks later and we you know we lived together for about a year and a half and we all moved to atlanta together and I didn't get the memo that we had ended when I got up to Atlanta but um we still you know to this day I actually still remain very good friends with one of them and the other one has passed away but uh I talked to um 
His name is Leo. I talk to Leo pretty much just about every other week. And every, you know, he's, he, I consider him my daddy. I call him daddy. <laughs> uh, he is 20 years older than I am. Mm. Uh, so it's very interesting to see the dynamic that I am now, 20 years later, and how I've evolved in my relationship style. How did Atlanta take a polyamorous relationship? Oh, they didn't. It wasn't, yeah, it, it's a very taboo thing among a lot of people. And because they think that, you know, oh, you just want your, your cake and eat it too. And it's not like that. Um, people don't quite understand that, um, just because you have two partners doesn't mean you don't love the other, you know, or you love one more than the other. And, and it's, it's not, it's definitely not like that. I love, you know, my current situation, you know, I live with, you know, I'm married to a man of 18 years and we have our third, you know, my secondary partner, our secondary partner, um, who we've been together now for three years, living all together as one big, happy relationship. Is he your first uh, no, actually, um, our current uh, partner is actually our fifth partner that my husband and I have had over the last 10 to 11 years. So we really didn't open the relationship up uh, to polyamory right from the start. Um, I think, you know, I've always, you know, since being with uh, uh, my two partners back in, you know, 20 years ago, I really learned a lot about um conditional love. I learned about, you know, um, favorites and who do you like, you know, who do you go to for various different things. And the situation in my case, you know, again, with that age gap, you learn, um, you, know, you're, you learn from your elders. And so we've my husband and I, when we first started our relationship, we were monogamous, closed relationship. Uh, we then opened the relationship and, you know, had intimate you know, relationships with other people. Um, and then it kind of evolved when we moved back down to South Florida uh, to opening it up to someone consistent. Cause you know, for us, and again, all this is me, I'm not speaking to the, for the rest of the uh, polyamorous community out there. Cause it does what, what, what works for me may not work for you, but we moved to South Florida and then the, our work dynamics were different. So, you know, my husband was working overnights. I was working during the day. So we decided to have someone who could, you know, be with one or the other at all times, a third um, that could offer both of us, you know, that companionship when the other was not there. And so we met Justin and Justin was with us for about nine months. Um, and then he decided he actually wanted his own relationship and so we were very open about it. And we're like, great, you know, and it wasn't a, a, a bad breakup or anything like that. It was just he, he wanted what we had and he wanted to go find that. And that was it. Um, our second relationship uh, was um, someone younger, of course. And he, he didn't, he was my partner and not my husband's partner. So it was a V relationship in polyamorous. You know, there's a triangle, there's a V, there's so many different shapes and sizes. You know, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so the triangle is a closed polyamorous relationship between three partners and that's it. No one else comes into the relationship. Then there is a V, which of course that means there's a primary partner, which in this case it was me. And then I was with my husband and then with my boyfriend. And then they did not uh, have any intimacy together. 
they knew each other. They you know, had gone out to dinner and all that, but they were not in any relationship together. And your husband was not jealous? No, I mean, he he understood the situation. He understood the, what I needed and what, you know, that person offered me at that time. And so he didn't really um, find any jealousy. He actually was very protective of me more so because he knew that, you know, he, he's a good judge of character. And so he'd be like, I don't like that person. He's bad news and whatnot, but it, it didn't last long. So we moved on to number three, um, which was, a, which um, number three was, was a two year long relationship that, you know, we kind of started together, the three of us, then went to just me and, and, and my, my third. Um, and then we went back together and it was a very long relationship and it just, you know, it didn't, it didn't work out because the one rule or one thing that has to be completely, you know, put on the table from the start is honesty with your communication. And so he wasn't honest. And so that's the problem. You know, if, if you can't be honest and you know, you're, if you're not honest with me then, or yourself and then, I mean, it just does not, it work. just doesn't work. Yes. It doesn't work. So, uh, we, you know, we ended that and then our fourth, which was very interesting was actually my husband's boyfriend. So mm. This was the first time that he had a partner that I was not involved in. Well, do tell. And so, you know, they, they had a whole, you know, relationship and, and you know, interaction together. Um, so, you know, if I was busy or working, he, he would see him. And that was when, you know, it, the dynamic was interesting. Cause I, usually it's, it's me. I'm the one that's out there, you know, dating and having fun and, and so forth. And my husband's a very, you know, introverted person. So I, encouraged it. I, I let it flourish, you know, no jealousy, no jealousy because I was just like, okay, let him have his fun. Why am I going to stop him? He never stopped me. Never. Um, and then it evolved actually where the three of us ended up being together again. And we were with uh, this partner for about a year and a half. Um, and then, you know, it, it, again, a lot of the times that they've been younger. And so of course, like anybody in their twenties, they're, every day evolving and they're learning and growing and maturing and whatnot. So that he, this person started maturing and wanted to just some independency and, and that's, you know, we broke off. Um, we actually still, you know, we went a while without talking and then we actually still connect and, and, um, see him every now and then. And, you know, we're, we're, we're good friends, you know? So, and then that brought, brings me up to my, our, our current partner, um, who, we, you know, I met at an event and he, you know, very charming, young. I mean, yes, he is young, 20 years difference between he and I. So it really put everything into perspective for me because then that put me into the place of where I was 20 years ago with my partners who were 20 years older than me. And now so, you're daddy. And so now I'm daddy. He's the boy. And, you know, it's interestingly because, you know, my, my partner is from 20 years ago that we, you know, we're, I'm still really, really good friends with him. Uh, we call him Papa Leo. <laughs> so it's an interesting family dynamic that you have that you create. And interestingly, everyone has some form of a polyamory relationship in this world because divorce families are polyamory. You have to deal with your ex's wife and their kids and your kids, and you have to call and, you know, recitals and perf 
all of that has to be coordinated in some fashion with multiple partners in the relationship. You may not be intimate together, but you guys are all still together because these kids bring you together. And so people don't understand that. But yes, polyamory means, you know, you have the ability to love multiple people. It doesn't mean that you have to be intimate with those people. Very true. How do your families feel about this? Do they know? Yeah, actually, um, my family, when I explained it to my parents, very typical uh, Latino, old school, uh, you know, mom, dad, uh, who were very confused. You know, I had come out uh, as, you know, gay and they understood that, accepted it. But then I had these two guys and she always would ask me, so are you with him or are you with him? And, and I said both. And she was like, okay, but that was the extent of it. She never really wanted to know much more. It made her uncomfortable. It made it uncomfortable. Um, fast forward to today, my parents, um, love, you know, my, my first partner, Leo, love him. I mean, he's, He's cooked with my mom and everything. So it's, it's again, an interesting family dynamic, you know. Um, and when our current partner, who is the only partner that actually has moved in with us, you know, we've, we've let into our, our personal space completely. Um, my mom at first was very hesitant. She thought he was taking advantage of us. And, you know, he pays rent just, you know, he pays his portion of of living in the house like I do, like my husband does. He's not a sugar baby. Yeah, he's not a sugar baby, and we're not sugar daddies. Um, and so my mom has slowly, I mean, it's been three years. The first year was a little rough, but by year two she was coming around, and now she's very in tuned with him. And, you know, my my dad asked him for technical questions because, again, he's in his 20s, and so, you know, he doesn't know how to use an iPhone. And um, interestingly, though, his parents had an issue they didn't have an issue with the polyamory part of it, but they had an issue with the age. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what are they doing to her you know, son and all of this? And, you know, and again, it's just, you know, it's the unknown. And we opened our home. We invited his parents. We've gone out with his parents. We've shown his parents that um, we're here to help him. You know, he, he's, he's, he's just an equal, just like all, like the three, the two of us. And we're, you know, we're good for him. You know, we help him and we're not there to hurt him or do anything, you know, bad that moms typically think about. Yeah, these are three consenting adults who made a lifestyle decision. And one thing I find very interesting about your story is that people often consider polyamory and swinging to be the same thing. And they're so different because swinging doesn't have the emotion and stability that this has. You have a third person living with you full time. So that starts a whole other host of questions. For instance, how do you sleep? How does sex work? So many different questions. So yeah, he moving in, it was a big, you know, something new for us as well. Cause again, everyone else, all of our former partners had their own place or lives with their parents or whatever. Um, and would spend the night weekends, weeks too, but never officially resided there. And so our current partner resides with us. And so it was a learning curve for all of us to learn, you know, the dynamics. Um, our secret is our house. Our house is big in the essence that we have, you know, 2,400 square feet, four bedrooms, three bathrooms. So everyone gets a bathroom. Everyone gets a room. 
You know, um, I have my own space. It's basically, it's called not my own room, but I have my own space. You know, my husband has his own, you know, the, the master bedroom. If he wanted to go and lay down and, and my boyfriend, our partner, he also has his own room where he keeps all his clothes and his bed and, you know, he can sleep there. He can sleep with us. Um, we have a guest bedroom. I can sleep there. So like, sometimes I sleep there if I, you know. So it's not like you have a routine. One night here, one night there. It's not like one of those shows, Sister Wives. He goes one night to one wife, next here, next there. No. Very we, regimented. Yeah, I know. We, we all typically sleep together. Um, but at times, you know, three warm bodies in a bedroom gets hot. You know, mm -hmm. two warm bodies get hot. So, you know, sometimes I get up and I go to the guest bedroom and sleep there for a little bit, you know. Um, but most of the time we all do sleep together in the same bed. Um, luckily, you know, the three of us are not, you know, big cause we have, we all fit in a king size bed. Mm -hmm. Um, and yes, the boyfriend sleeps in the middle and you know, the daddy sleep on the end. So <laughs> that's how their sleeping pattern is. Mm -hmm. You know, sex is something where, um, we've, we play together, we play separate, um, with, you know, with, with each other on this. So it doesn't, there isn't any rules like, no, you, you can't have sex with him unless I'm around. Um, it's never been like that again for us. It's been, uh, you know, a, a convenience because of course, you know, someone has to be at work or something. And mm -hmm. If you're in the mood to have some fun, I mean, and, and your boyfriend is there, why not? So, so yeah, you can't really, I think in a polyamorous you can't restrict, especially if you're living together, you can't restrict, intimacy because but you have enough trust in your marriage so it's okay yeah i mean last night i was very intimate with my boyfriend and then i left you know f for work this morning and they were intimate this afternoon so uh, good for them and they reported to you and yeah i mean it, it's, how it, about that yeah do you think there's more of a pressure to perform when you have a younger partner i know i see a lot of men um, who are in polyamorous relationships and i treat a lot of erectile dysfunction and Erectile dysfunction isn't just, oh, you can't get your penis up. It's a, it's a range. It's a spectrum of dysfunction. So maybe it's going soft too early or maybe not being able to be as hard as you once were or not lasting as long. So it's a host of different issues. Do you think that that becomes more of an issue with a younger partner? I mean, you were a younger partner once and now you're daddy. My partner is 23. Aye, aye, aye. So the wind blows and he is excited. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not, you know, my libido at my age, you know, 43, I can't sometimes keep up, you know, and, and, and yeah, that is very, you look 30 <laughs> people can't see you, but you have a ripped body and you certainly don't look a day over 30. I promise. I thank you. Yes. I maintain, I do lots of different things to keep that youth look for as long as I can. Cause you know, one day I won't be there, but you know, you, you get to a level where, you know, your metabolism slows down in your mm -hmm. 20s. Oh, yeah, I'm 43, I know. And in your 30s, your sex drive begins to slow down because of your testosterone levels. And, you know, let's be real, the body starts to break down and you start getting old. So, um, you know, do I want to have sex every day? Sure, let's have sex every day. Can I have sex every day? No, I, I, I just can't keep up. And then, of course, he's 23. So, you know. It works well for him because he has two men. So when you're tired, he goes to daddy number two. Mm -hmm. When daddy number two is tired, he comes to you. It, it works great for it, him. It works. It yeah. takes the pressure off you guys. And and we have also allowed him to be open in the relationship because, one, he's 23. 
you know, if he's at some event or something and he finds a cute guy and he wants to have some fun with him, do it. You're 23 years old. This is the time when you go and do crazy things. But I hate to be a party pooper and Debbie Downer, but what about STDs? How does one work around that? Well, like everything else, you got to get your, you know, quarterly or, you know, twice a year checkup and make sure, you know, you, you aren't doing things with, you know, complete strangers, or at least, you know, something about that person. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, do they say, you you ask them of course, beforehand, you know, are you HIV positive? Do you have any STDs? And that's a valid question. You know, you can ask, and it's not a shaming question or it's not a, you know, in the field that I work for everybody by asking someone if they're HIV positive right before you get into bed with them. I mean, it's a fair question. It's a fair question. But not everybody knows and not everybody's honest. True. But there are a lot of different tools that you can use out there for mm-hmm. you to protect yourself, you know. That's Granted, true. Granted, you know, you can't protect yourself against gonorrhea or syphilis because those are, you know, um, very prevalent here in the area. But um, HIV, you could do PrEP, you can do a condom, you know. All of those different things protect you from, from so forth. But uh, we all get tested regularly. You know, I, I, I get tested you know, at least every four to six months, and he gets tested every three months because he is on PrEP. And if you're on PrEP, you have to be tested every three months to see how it's affecting your liver. Um, if, you know, and for myself, I'm actually HIV positive. I have been HIV positive for over 20-plus years, and I'm on a, you know, um, regiment and I've been undetectable and untransmittable for for at least over five. So you've been compliant years. with your medications and your regimen, and that's great, right? And everybody knows everybody can be careful and prepared. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and so. you mm-hmm. have a better, you know, not 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 outcome, but at least you you can feel a little safer with me than if you than when someone who doesn't know their status at all. Absolutely, no question about that. So how do dates work when you are with two partners? Do you go out individually as pairs or together, all three of you? In our case, all of the above. Um, I work Sunday nights at a local uh, bar um, every Sunday night. And so that has always kind of been like a set daddy and boy, you know, date night. And then the universe has a way of working itself. And then, of course, you know, like, for example, this weekend coming up, my husband has to work uh, overnight. And so it'll be Poppy and the boy date night. So we'll go out. And then, of course, we'll all convene and go out on a date together, you know, here and there. We'll do some cool activities, go to the museum or something like that all together. Um, we, we really try to do everything together because we really do enjoy each other's time. And we value it because we're always so busy working that another secret to our relationship shared calendar that works that works so you want to set a date you want to you know my calendar is always so the craziest um in 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 different things and going on all day um you know my husband's calendar is kind of very set nine to five monday through friday type of thing or whatever um and so we just look at the calendar and said okay we're all going to be off on this day let's go to the movies let's go to the park or something like that and you are very well known locally so do both the partners ever resent the attention you get because you're very, very well-placed in local Fort Lauderdale, you know, society. You're very well-known. You're out there on the microphone. People are looking at you. You look good. It, it, it takes 
some getting used to. I've seen people come and they're all over you. And and it gets it you know as if, again I I always I'm very sympathetic for my two partners because they they put up with a lot. Um, it, when I first started my job nine years ago, um, I was very you know going into the to, the, the public you know eye and I was going to different events and everybody was getting to know me and then we were my husband and I I remember going to a local restaurant sitting down at the table and like three people came up to say hello to me. And my husband was just like, what the hell is that? It's like, okay, you're interrupting my dinner now. Mm-hmm. And so he, he, we, we try not to go out locally. We'll go, we'll drive down to Miami, Boca. Cause you wouldn't get a moment of peace locally. No, There's no. just no way. It's just no way you, you, you run into people and, and you have to say hello to these people. Cause you know, you never know who they might be or, you know, it happens. And so when uh, my partner came on three years ago, you know, I had to tell him about the bubble that I currently live in. Um, you're going to be looked at. People are going to recognize you because, again, you're going to go out with me. You're going to be photographed. You're going to, you know, it, it's not a secret. I, mean, I don't keep a secret of my relationship. I'm my two partners. It's not a secret. Neither do they. Um, and so, of course, it took him some getting used to took him some getting used to all the flirtation more so. Um, he understood that he had to share me with the community. Um, but at the same time, that also brings invitations, you know, flirtations and so forth. And my job is a very flirtatious job. So, of course, I'm flirting back just because I, I need to be nice. Um, but it, it, it took some use to. It's still kind of, you know, shaky at times just because, you know, your partners want, any partner, you want their full and undivided attention. And unfortunately, you know, I, I can't do that all the time, but that's why I try to disconnect or block out specific times. Friday nights are my partner's nights. I don't ever go out. I don't do anything. I, I, if it's an event, I'm sorry, I don't go to it. Friday nights are nights for our family, for me and my family to be together. Same during the week, you know, we, we have family dinner night every night at 7.30 and 8 o'clock between that time, and we all cook together. And by we, I mean they, because I don't cook. <laughs> I order. Um, and so, you know, we all sit together. We talk about our day, you know, what went good, what went bad. You know, we make great meals. We sit down together as, you know, a, a, a trouble. And um, that that's actually the, my favorite time of the day is when all three of us come together, you know. Because uh, it, 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 just adding an extra person to the dynamic is, you know, is is, is great because you're not just, you know, you, you get so used to your partner, you, you know, your, your primary partner's day. You're like, you can ramble it off. Okay, you did this and this and this probably. And so having that third, you know, especially, if, you know, our current partner, you know, who is in school as well as going to school, you know, works full time. So his day is so much different than our day, you know, where we're in meetings all day. He's in like school and it's interesting. Keeps, yeah. It's much keeps more interesting. You, keeps it fresh. Yeah. So basically you don't have any room in your life for a fourth full-time partner. That would be too much. Wouldn't it? Full-time. No, but I, we've had, we've been um, with our previous partner. I actually had another partner um, temporarily, it wasn't a long-term type of thing. It lasted maybe like two to three months, but it, it is, it, it was more of an intimate relationship than it was anything, um, you know, 
like our day to day type of thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, it was more sexual than, than that. So it's hard. Trust me, it is. It's hard to have a fourth person. Cause again, your, your, your time is only 24 hours a day. That's what I'm thinking. You know, and you have so many people to please. I, now, many people consider polyamory to be a form of cheating. What do you tell people when they bring that up to you? It's not cheating if people know about it. Because um, I think that's what happens in the heterosexual world. You know, um, people, you know, cheat all the time. And that's because they don't, they're not honest with their partners of exactly what their wants and needs are. So let's look at this. You're going to tell me that I'm expecting for one person to satisfy me and satisfy all of my needs for the rest of my life until I'm dead. Well, that doesn't quite work that way. You know, that, you know, what happens if you're at the gym and you see a very cute, you know, girl or a very cute guy and, and you're interested in that person and, oh my God, it's like, well, your partner doesn't satisfy you that, in, that, in that need then. Um, or, you know... The analogy I like to use, sometimes you want a big black penis. <laughs> I didn't know we could say the C word. Oh, you can say whatever you want, my friend. This is my podcast. Exactly. So sometimes you want a big black cock. I'm sorry, my husband does not have a big black cock. He's not black. He has a nice cock. But I may want a big black cock, so why can't I just go and get that itch scratched and and come back and share it with my partner maybe, or maybe not share it with my partner. Um, it all depends on what rules or, or, or uh, procedures we have in place for such a, you know, experience. But I'm not going to limit myself, and nor am I cheating if I tell him, honey, I want to go have fun with this person because I, I, I need it. I need a big black cock. And two decades later, you're still coming home to each other. Exactly. And I you think know, that's what matters. You know, some people say that rules are, are, are not a good word for polyamorous. They say that you should do, you know, procedures or, or, or you know, contractual agreements or things like that. Well, you know, we have them. We all have them, whether it's a polyamorous relationship or, was a, a, you know, a standard two-partner relationship. I know that I need to be in my bed no later than 3 a.m., Four o'clock sometimes, but at least 3 a.m. next to my partner every night. I don't sleep out, so I don't sleep out at anyone else's house because it's just not, not, not allowed. It's not allowed. So you function within the parameters that you have set for yourselves as a family? Yes. Because you are a family. Now, how do children fit into this? Have you considered having children since you've been together for so long and you're so committed to each other? My husband and I tried having children about five, four or five years ago. Um, it didn't quite work out. We were going through the um, adoption route and then the surrogacy. And it just, it was just, it, it, the cards didn't play out for us to be able to have a child at the time. Um, I've said never say never. So, um, you know, at our age to have a baby, I don't want to be retiring and have a college kid. Makes sense. So, um, you know, we have discussed maybe adopting, you know, someone in the foster care program later on. Um, but it, you know, with our current partner, you know, with our partner at the house, you know, it's a lot already. I don't, I, adding another person to it, um, it would be a lot right now. But I do know another polyamorous relationship here locally who 
actually have not one, but two kids like under the age of, I think they're five or six or, you know, and so forth. And they all live together and they all, you know, and I, and I've asked them, I was like, so how is the dynamic? And they said, it's, it's, it's it helps because it's an extra pair of hands. Oh, I agree. Absolutely. But do you think that confuses the children? Just playing the devil's advocate. Not as much as TV. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, you can't control what the TV says. Touché. You can control what you say. Mm-hmm. And it's all about educating the child, you know? I mean, obviously you're not going to tell them what the daddy's, you know, and this third person you do to a five-year-old, but they understand that this person in this house is very important and also a caretaker, and that's how you establish it. Mm-hmm. They'll grow older and, you know, and if hopefully they're still together, uh, the three of them. And, and when the kids are teenagers, you can discuss to them a little bit more about polyamory. No, absolutely. And, you know, the other thing I've noticed is that statistically speaking, um, the LGBTQ community is more likely to engage in polyamorous relationships. Why do you think that is the case? Well, because gay men are horn dogs. No, <laughs> I mean, we've had to create our own families. A lot of the time, so some of us have not been fortunate enough to have very supportive families. And so the, our, our chosen family, it's however we want to make it, first of all. Second of all, again, gay men tend to be a little bit more open about sexuality and having sex with others, with their partners. Um, and so it's just inevitable to have it evolved into a relationship with the three of them or just two of them, or but, but at least a polyamorous relationship. Um, so I guess that's, you know, again, they have, they like to have sex, they're horn dogs. And so those, those gay men, you know, I know literally right now, eight polyamorous couples within the Fort Lauderdale area, LGBT. And the longest term one that I've known that is they've been together for 15 years. And the newest one that I know is, has been together for, I think a year. So it's a big spectrum and it's, it's all different dynamics. And, and again, no, there's no one shape or size that fits all. Do you see more male polyamorous couples or more female polyamorous couples? Definitely more male, but I have seen, and again, this new generation that is coming along is so much more sexually fluid. And I'm, I'm learning about that and I'm, I'm seeing more uh, men, women, with another woman or another man and, and more heterosexual um, polyamorous relationships. Have you been with a woman? Yes, I have been with a, with a few women actually, but yes, I have been with a few women. I, um, my husband never thought considered that cheating at the beginning. That's for some funny. Reason. So, but it, but um, you know, it, it's a different, it's a whole different dynamic for me, you know, going out on a date with a woman is different than going out on a date with a man. Um, but at the same, you know, but it's, it's, it's interesting. It's just interesting. So do you think more polyamorous gay couples are marrying or living together? Well, I think the, the polyamorous couples that I know or that I've met in, in the past, I think that they have a well-established relationship. And so some of them, that marriage kind of solidifies it, you know, like, okay, for my husband and I to get divorced, it takes two lawyers and a lot of, you know, negotiation. Um, and so I think that's why, you know, you kind of, you know, are a little bit more comfortable 
bringing in a third because you know that that relationship is solid. You're not really, you don't want to go through all that because you just love that person so much. And so um, I think a lot of them are married. And then so the third that comes in, you know, it's, it's harder for them. You know, again, I've been on both sides. I've been, the, I've been the third and I'm now the prime, you know, in the primary relationship. And so I think that having a third coming in, it, it's, it's very intimidating to them. Mm-hmm. They don't ever feel like they have a say so they don't feel like they're equals. Um, and, and that's where we're going through my partner too. Sometimes he feels like he doesn't have, you know, it's my way or no way, you know? Um, and again, that also falls back on my experiences. And I said, it, I know because from experience, this is how it goes. And then, of course, they realize it once they've matured and they've thought it through and they've grown up, you know. But even then, it's somewhat insecure, isn't it? That situation, that position in the family? Yeah, you know, that that insecurity is... is somewhat dispensable, right? Yeah, and it goes, it's, it's that nasty feeling along with jealousy. Those two are something that um, I've been blessed that I don't, I have very little love. I'm not a very jealous person. Um, and I'm, I'm a very secure person about myself. And I know that, you know, I have a lot to offer someone. If they don't want it, then that's their, that's their opinion. That's their fault. That's their, you know, their, their, their loss. So true intimacy, emotional intimacy do you think that you can have it equally with your husband and the third? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, intimacy, um, is, is, first of all, you know, again, my husband and I have been together for 18 years. We've, we've, our intimacy level is so, so solid um, that, we know each other so well, you know, we know, we know how we feel. We know when we're having a bad day, you don't even have to talk. Cause again, when you're with someone for so long, you, you, you're, you know, you, you're them, they are you and you are them. And so it's interesting to see now in my current situation with my, with our partner, we've been together for three years now. It's a long, it's a pretty good, good amount of time. But as, as we evolve and, and grow all of us, the intimacy between he and I and he and my my husband is very interesting because he loves my husband, he loves me, but we each offer him different things. It, my husband's not a very emotional person and I'm emotional. And so my boyfriend, my partner knows that if he wants that emotion, he can come to me. If he wants more of a, you know, solid, what's the word that I'm looking for? Not an emotional uh, response, but more of a logical, you know, separating the emotion response, mm-hmm. he'll go to my husband. Um, you know, the conditional love is also something I've, I learned way early in it. You know, my partner, Alan, you know, I, I, he was, he was never very nice to me, but I loved it for some reason. I loved him for some reason. And he, he, um, the conditions that I loved him were very specific to what he offered. And then there was Leo. Leo was the warm, uh, nurturing, loving, you know, wife, quote unquote, with quotations here. Um, but he, you know, I loved him for other specific reasons. So I think that, 
you know, I was able to really understand the um, idea that you love someone, but you love them for various different characteristics and traits and, and the way they are. And you learn to obviously accept all of their flaws and things that drive you crazy. And, and that is a very conditional love in the, that you have with that one person you can have it with another person and another person and another person. So that's why that that's basically the essence of my polyamorous relationships. And, you know, I've been able to really try to instill that into my partner. Now my husband has learned it over the years with me. Cause I've, you know, the topic for me is very near and dear. And so I try to learn, I try to ask a lot of good questions to other polyamorous couple, you know, troubles that are out there um, about different things and, um, I, you know, I, he, you know, my partner right now is you know, sometimes very, uh, self-conscious, mm-hmm. but who isn't at 23? Absolutely. And so how will he be at 26, 29? We all evolve. And, and so will we, you know? And so right now it was very interesting. He, he, um, met a good group of friends at an event and he's, he's exploring that and, you know, you know, was I jealous a little bit? Yeah, you know, because one, I wish I was 23 again and hanging out with all of them. Don't you whine? You look great. I know. And then two, um, you know, it, it's like, oh, no, like, could he, you know, fall in love with someone? Could he leave? And and I'm very open to the idea of him maybe potentially having his own partner within. I, I, I would hope that it would be within our relationship type of thing. He could have his own boyfriend um, so it would be a triangle V. Oh yeah, yeah. You're confusing my little brain. Yeah. So the so triangle, there's the triangle, then there's the V, and then, then there's the triangle V with the offshoot with, with the, the offshoot. other partner. Exactly. Okay, I get so it. So if you look at the triangle on one corner of the triangle, there's my partner, and then he, of course, will have another partner mm-hmm. in there, and he can have maybe two partners, and that partner can have. So it's just it looks like an organizational chart. Very interesting. I've said interesting a few times. I am learning so very much. Who knew? But a great conversation this has been, my friend. And thank you so very much for coming to the studio today. You have enlightened me. You are always a delight to speak to. And I'm sure so many people have learned so very much from our conversation. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope you'll be back soon. I would love to come and talk some more. I hope you enjoyed the Dr. Sex Fairy podcast today. I would love to continue this conversation with you. If you would like my top three secrets for amazing sex, send me an email at askme at drsexfairy.com and I will share them with you. Don't forget to follow this podcast and leave me a five-star review. Until next time. Until next time.